Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Spiritual Breath. I wanted to take a time to talk to you all. Remember, Spiritual Breath is a forum created to share one's thoughts and views to provide provocative conversation, to assist one in making the necessary adjustments as they cope with life's challenges. By no means does this podcast attempt to persuade you to see things um, as I do. Just another opportunity to look at things from a different perspective. With that being said, let's talk about today's topic. Um, don't abort the process. Well, what does that mean? Don't abort what process? Well, we're coming from a spiritual side of the story, and we'll look at it as a natural, and wherever we go in from that. But spiritually, there are a lot of processes that label out. Better yet, in life, there are, are plenty of, of processes that we have. And we have to go through the process and many of them to see what the end result would be. Let's look at nowadays life when you're looking at kids. You know, they have to go from beginning the school year to the end. And in between that, they go to classes and they have to take different classes or different assignments within the class. And they have to pass it with a certain grade because at the end of that class, they get graded. And that graded um, dictates if rather or not if they go to the next grade or you're preparing for a test that you take or exam at the end of the day or end of the week. So your studying shows if you uh, studied enough or you attained enough information to receive a passing grade or a grade, whatever it may be. And based off the more you study or the maybe more that you comprehend, your higher your grade should be. That's a process. When you uh, begin to date, you start to get familiar with the individual. First, you had to see if there was a like and some type of connection. If the connection there, you want to know if you want to pursue it to something more. And from there, you decided that this person was worth being around and you kept on going and you learned them, you mature with them. And then eventually y'all start making a connection and you say, we're going to establish that we're only seeing each other or whatever guidelines you come. But you just didn't meet that person automatically ran through it. It was a process. But when it comes to the spiritual things of life, and that's I'm talking about those that believe in uh, Jesus Christ and believe that he's their Lord and Savior and things of that nature, there is a process even understanding his will and his purpose. So today I would like to get with you uh, and have y'all to join me in Romans 8 and 24 through 39. You can read it at your leisure, but for sake of time management, we're just going to skim through a few. Um, and I'll be reading from the King James Version if and when I do read. Um, 24 starts off and says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what it man seeth, why do he yet hope for? And 25 said, but if we have hope for that, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? All right. Uh, this goes in saying we are, are visual persons. It's easy for us to have faith and hope in things that we can see, we can tangibly touch, and we can grasp, or, or we know it's located, or things of that nature. But when it comes to the spiritual things and those that follow Christ, it's a different uh, approach because you have to believe and see things that are not seen. You got to believe in your faith that whatever is going to manifest will manifest in time and in the right season. But you have to believe in that because the Bible talks about those that follow Christ should have faith without sight. You just have to believe that it's going to manifest. But that's easier said than done. Most people in this hour are not being truthful to themselves. They will not tell you when it comes to the spiritual things of life far as what they hope on. They're not there where they put on the show that they are. 
Um, the, I believe in many churches, it's a show and tell. A lot of people put on this show, you know, this favorite line that I've heard over and over again. I don't know who's the, the person who was created, but they say fake it until you get it. I don't know where that come from, but I think that's a bad practice. But within the church setting, we have seen people practice just that. They continue to fake doing whatever, fake that they got it together, fake that everything's lined up in hopes that one, people would uh, leave them alone, or two, they would appear that they don't need any special attention or guidance from anybody other than themselves. But I think that's the wrong approach to have because I think you do more damage to yourself by not confessing that you have issues or concerns or you're not at the place where others think that, that you are or expect you to be. Just be real with yourself and say, there are certain things in my life that I have great faith in and there are some I have low faith in and the ones that I have low faith in, and sometimes I want to abort that process. I don't want to go through whatever it takes for me to learn and to obtain that certain level of expectation or a certain level of success that not only I should want, but God expect of me. But see, God is a helper. You know, he helps us along the way if we want help. And, and verse 26 says, likewise, the spirits also help us with our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. But the spirit itself makes intercession for us. See, we're saying we have a helper to help us if we allow it to help us. The Holy Ghost comes as a comforter. We can go back to John 14 and 17, John 26 and 27, 14, 26, 27. You'll see that it says when the spirit of truth come, that's 17, that the world will not know it, but you'll know it because it dwells with you and in you. Dwell with you and in you is the key verse. It's a helper. It's going to be with you and it's going to be inside of you to guide and direct you. Only if you want to go through the process. This doesn't happen overnight neither. It's a process. You have to understand where you are. You have to come to the conclusion that you're not in the place that others are. If you're comparing yourself to other people. But just look at yourself. You may not be in the place where you're comfortable with where you feel that there's more that should, that should be attained, a closer relationship or a closer connection that need to be established. With that being said, understand this. The basis for what you're standing your, your relationship with Christ on, is it based on the connection? Is it based on your relationship? And is it based on the connection and the relationship that established a cohesiveness between you, God, and the Holy Spirit, where y'all can work together as one unit in order to do the things that God has set before you? I don't know. These questions like that need to be asked because if you don't know if your connection is sound, you don't know if your relationship is truly in God and you have not welcomed the connection that comes from the Holy Spirit that leads and guides you into all truth, who helps to make your crooked pathway straight. If that's not been established, then there are steps right there that we have to get. Again, there is a process. Again, don't abort the process. God has everything mapped out in your life and you all that are saved and trying to get to the place of sanctification or salvation, you know, saying that you're saved and actually going through the process of detaching from the things of this world, it doesn't happen overnight in some cases. You have to work through it. You have to come to a place of awareness. So with that, you have to understand three points that we have to look at. You have to acknowledge where your faith level is at. You have to understand where your present help is, and then you have to establish a connection. If those three things that we're talking about is not in place, then we need to stop. So how do I acknowledge um, my faith? Is to look at your life. What have you put your faith in that has been working for you? I give an example. You all, all of us at one time have sat in a chair and we got up from a chair. And not looking back, you'll just drop back in that chair with full confidence that that chair will hold you. 
Now, there might be a time where you, you have to second guess your, your, your thought when you fall on the floor. But up to this point, every time you sat in a chair, it has held your weight. No matter how what your weight is, it is held up to the, the, the requirement that is needed. But you have faith in that chair that it would do that. The same faith that you put in on a weekly basis, you all that get paid every week or every two weeks, you expect after working a certain period of time that at the end of the week on that designated payday, that there would be money stored up that would pay you for your work. Not every day you sit there, you know that at the end of the week, you expect the paycheck to pay you for the services that you did. Or you expect your kid to go to school and produce good grades because that's what you send them there. You close them up and all that. When they leave the, the, your house to go to school, you expect them to be learning and be able to come and provide you with some written data on a report that tell you that they have been successful in certain levels of things. And if they're not, you expect that report card or whatever means they report to you that they are failing in different areas so you can get the needed help to help them. Again, that's a process. But you put your faith in the school system, your faith in your kids, your faith in your husband, faith in your wife, faith and whatever you want, that these things can happen. Why? Because you can see them. You can literally see your kid going to school. You can see him studying. You can see him taking a test and you can see the results of the exam. But in your spiritual being, it's a different thing. Your spiritual approach is totally different. You have to have the faith that if you speak something, it's going to manifest regardless if you don't see it. For example, all of you all, like me, we can speak that we would love to have more finances. But if you're praying to God, I need you to bless my families to meet whatever need that you're asking for and leave it there and go about your business and celebrating God because you know it's already done. And even if you gave a timetable of Friday and let it be on Monday when you spoke this, you expect on Friday that it happened. You celebrating all week that it's going to happen on Friday. Bam. It happens. Glorify God. But if it doesn't happen, how many of us have the faith to believe that although we gave the time frame, it wasn't on God's time frame? God's not operating in our time. We're supposed to be operating according to God's will and his purpose. But it does happen where we have our faith predicated on a reward system. We said it, we believe it, and we expect it. But when it doesn't happen, we get upset. And guess what we do? We abort that process. We don't want to look at it and say, you know what, God, it might not be in your will. It might not be in your time frame. It may not be this. It may not be this. But I'm going to glorify you anyway, because you're going to make a way that the means will be met. The means will be met. And, and we have to keep on saying that. But it's easier said than done because at the end of the day, we're looking for it to manifest. We have to see it. We are visual people. And the devil knows that we're visual. So therefore, he makes sure that we have our faith based on eventually on something that we can see, that we can touch, and we can actually feel. Because when it don't, we can sit back and blame God for it. Even though it may not be his will, even though we're not mature enough to say that, we're not going to say, God, let me be content during the process. Or better yet, we, we won't say like James says in, in chapter 1 and verse 3, knowing that these things are the trying of our faith, work it patient. All this stuff is happening is for its purpose to work patient. And then verse 4 said, but let patient have her perfect work and entirety wanting for nothing. That is the process. We have to understand that we have to let things fall into place in order for us to reap the reward. But that's easier said than done. You'll hear me keep reiterating that over and over again because in the world it says one plus one equals two. No matter how you add or how you go, it's supposed to equal two. But in the spirit uh, uh, aspect of it, one plus one, it should equal two and it will equal two, but it won't be 
for, for a while. If you look at it, if it's an equation, if you write it down on paper, you got one and you put the plus sign and you put one and then you put two lines and then the number two. See, when you look at the two lines there, that's distant, that is time. That means that you have to understand that the one plus one, when he said equal, it has to come to another place, which is number two. So if you look at the two lines, it's a distance, it's a separation between the one plus the one and the answer that you're seeking. But in that process, those two lines represent there's a place for patience. There's a place for things to come together. You already see the addition, but you gotta wait for the things to come together in order to bring the results. Now, mind you, if you look at it, why wouldn't it just one line? See, one line in the mathematical equation means subtraction, but the two lines mean equal. So if you had one line, that means you're taking away from something, but you have equal, it's a combination of things working together to end up with the results. Positive or negative, it has a result. So if we look at the simple math laid out, we look at our spiritual being, there are things that are in operation, one plus one, it should equal. We know that these things are working out for whatever our results we're expecting. And if we would tie that into what we're saying, look at, um, look at verse uh, 28 of Romans 8 and 28. It says, and we know all things work together for the good to them that love God, to whom he, uh, to them who are, the called according to his purpose. Look at what it's saying. We have to understand that no matter what we're going in, that addition, that one plus one, and that equal means that there's some patience that has to be in place. There has to be a time of transition. There has to be a time of, of recognition. There has to be a time where we have to let the beginning part come together in one unit. And we got to say where it says, and work for our good. The end result, the two, one plus one equals two. That two is our positive results. It is that blessing that we've been seeking. But we have to understand that equal sign is two lines across of each other, meaning there are two things that have to be in order. There has something have to work. We have to be in line with God and it has to be God's will. Those things have to be equal on the same length that when they go together, they will bring our results. Yeah, I know. I want you to get that. Ponder on that for a minute. Some mathematician came up with the number system, the equal system, the subtract system, and the addition, and the multiplication, and the division. They came up with an understanding that no matter what you look at, there is some process where something has to work together or against itself or work in some manner to bring a result. And the thing is, no matter how you look at it, you can put any number you want plus negative multiply, that equal sign still stands the truth. That means it's the final verdict. It is coming to the end of whatever action it is. And this is the result that we must see. We have to understand that we have to be a place where we can understand the process. Paul said we should be content during the process. And then James said, let patient have her perfect work. Meaning while that process is going, our patient have to establish itself that we can see the, re the results of our faith and our hope and our belief that work together to equal our results. Yeah, that, that, that makes plenty of sense to me. But you and I are have this time where we can't wait till the process finish. We can't wait till the one plus one equals two. We can't wait till the, 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 we find the one and we find another one and we put it together to jail together and work together that it can have the, uh, the most positive results for our life. And in some cases, the negative result, because sometimes you have to have a negative to know where you're going to reach a positive. You have to have these building stages, these platforms for us to advance on, to develop who we are and what we are. See, serving Christ is more about you coming together with an understanding that you're not 
not working by yourself. It's a togetherness. Going back again to 1 John, uh, 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 not 1 John, but I'm sorry, John uh, 15, 14 and, and, and 17. He says, when the spirit of truth come, who the world would not know, but you'll know. Why? Look at this connection, that it'll dwell with you and be with you. It's letting you know that you're not working by yourself. You have a comforter. You have a connection. It's up to you to accept the connection. It's up to you to build a relationship with the connection. And then it's you to trust the connection, that it will guide you into all truth, into your blessings, into your uh, uh, dedication, your purpose. All those things begin to line up when you allow the connection and the relationship to be established that's why we can we can sit there and go through the process because we realize then that we're not aborting we have learned to step back and let God be God many of us are trying to be little Jesus when we need to back up and let God be God trust in the process trust that the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you surrender to the uh, the will of the Holy Ghost to lead and guide you let it do what it's supposed to do go up to verse 27 uh, Romans 8 27 and it says and he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession look at this for the saints according to the will of God the will of God he makes intercession according to the will of God the Bible says he said it's not my desire that any of you should perish but have everlasting life he said his his his, his word is yes and amen he said he has it that he wants you to prosper all these things are positive speaking of God that his will of us is to be the head and not the tail. We should be blessed going in and going out. That is his goal for our life. But we have to understand we may not be at a place to receive it in that manner. We have to wait till God allows it to happen. But in that, Paul said, be content. James says, let patient work. And the Bible says then, don't be anxious for anything. Slow down, take a deep breath, and ask God if this is a process, then help me. You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, and I, I paraphrase, he said, I put no more than you can bear without an escape. You and I need to get in a place where we say, we know we're not putting more than I can bear because this trial and tribulation is a lot. But if I'm going through the process, show me the light before I get to the end of the tunnel. Show me that this is, I'm working in your favor. Show me how to be patient, how to be content, knowing that it's going to work out for my good. With that being said, skim down to um, verse, verse 37, 8 and 37. It says, nay, and all these things, we are more than a conqueror through him that loves us. Look at what happens. God is saying to us that we have to understand if we know that all things are going to work good for us because we love God, it turns around then says, and it says in 37, but then all these things, we are more than a conqueror through him that loveth us. So we show him that we trust him. And then he said, I'm going to show you that I love you enough that you can trust in me and I'm going to bless you. Because no matter how bad these things are, I want you to understand, don't abort the process because I'm loving you through the process that you can receive your greatest reward. I don't know about y'all, but that, that moved me. And just thinking that I serve a God that wants to bless me. And all I got to do is acknowledge that I have some issues that I need to work on. There's some things that I need God to correct me on. So in order to do that, I have to ask God to help me to go through the process. I have to ask God to lead and guide me Lord, help me in my shortcomings. And then with my faith is not where it should be, God, help me with my unbelief. Help me in my low levels of faith. Help me to be able to stand. 
Help me to be able to be the beacon of light that you're called me to be. God, I, maybe I need to repent for the for avoiding these situations. I, I'm a firm believer that we spend more time trying not to do what God tells us to do by creating a new process to abort the current process that he has set in place or, or to have us to stray away from it. Don't you think that's just too much time wasted trying not to do what God tells us to do? Let us ask God in a different way. Maybe we need a different approach. God, give me the strength to go through the process. Give me the understanding to how I need to navigate to them. And let me trust solely in the process that I can go through this systematic layout that you have for me, that I can reap the rewards that you have. If it's just getting more knowledge or more wisdom or more guidance or more direction, whatever that may be, just let me be able to go through the storm and come to the end of the time, the word of one plus one will equal two, and I can glorify you regardless if it's a negative or a positive. I will have learned something that will hinder that will not hinder me from going forth the next process. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited by the fact of thinking that I've come to a place of understanding that God is great and He has things laid out for me. And in closing, we should know this. That Paul made it clear in Romans um, 38 and 39. This is your declaration of faith. Your declaration, what sets you free. The declaration that brings you closer. Paul said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angel, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was saying that once you understand that where your level of faith is. You understand who is your present help. You understand why it's important that you have the connection and relationship with, with God and the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. Then you should make a declaration, not only to you, but to the adversary and all that would listen, that you are God's child and nothing that anything will come will separate you. Then you can understand the power of freedom. For the Bible says, who I set free is free indeed. And all that's free from man, free from your own mind, free from yourself. But it's up to you to understand that you're willing to believe in the five steps of, uh, 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 that I just mentioned to stop aborting the process. Again, those five steps is this. Acknowledge your faith. Acknowledge your present health. Acknowledge your connection. Acknowledge your knowledge. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, understand the power of your declaration and then the power of freedom. If you all can look at this and go back and read the whole entire script from 24 down to 39, you will see Paul has left us a map for how not to abort the process, understanding that we are power. We have what is needed to be successful in all that we do. You just have to believe in it. Now, with that being said, spiritual breath is just that. It's a form that is created to try to help you to understand what God has for us. And no means is it's trying to persuade you to see things as I am. And it's not a denominary, a denominatory uh, teaching just to try to get you to see things from this type of setting, this type, you know, this, this, this. I'm just trying to get you to open your mind up to see that there might be a change that you need to do, that you need to encounter. Now, if you're one of the people that hear this podcast and are not saved, hey, I want to invite you to salvation. I want you to take on this role. And all you got to do is confess your faults, your sin, and ask the willingness to be a child of the most God by denouncing the connection and relationship of the adversary and all his sinful practice that you have allowed to plague your life. And confess that he is your Lord and Savior and he died on the cross for your sins and that he accepts you as a child of the most high God by cleansing and purifying you from sin and you accept the challenge. 
And if you confess those things with a sincere heart, then you're saved and can bless and God bless you. Now I ask that you find a church to teach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and go to them and tell them that on this podcast, you heard a word that moved you, that you wanted salvation and that they can continue to help you to continue the process so you can establish the relationship with God and the Holy Spirit that will lead and guide you into all truth, that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because always remember, we fight not against flesh and blood, but the spirits that the adversary has set in place. So with that being said, congratulations and welcome to the camp, a land of of milk and honey. I want to thank you for sharing your most valuable time with me. I pray that this session has provoked a thought and opened your eyes to an idea which stimulates the mind to take action. You are one of unlimited possibility. Take advantage of all opportunities to create a better you. With that said, I speak God blessing over you. I speak life. I speak life. And I speak life. I speak life that you may live and not die. For it's not God's desire that you should die, but have everlasting life. And with that being said, blessings.